business is art and science put together. It's not just science. People think it's just money. It's just no knowing your industry. No, it's very creative. Owning a business and surviving financially is a very creative process. Welcome to On the Cusp of Something Beautiful, where we discuss a range of topics centered around art, creativity, mental health and wellness, and my favorite thing to talk about, listening to our intuitive guidance. I'm your host, Amikale Imani, and this podcast is simply a guide to welcome you back to your truest self. Each episode, I get radically honest on how I navigate being an intuitive creator, the struggles, the wins, the lessons, and of course, the intuitive hits. My hope is that you hear something today that reminds you of who you are and why your gifts, whatever they may be, are valuable and important to be shared with the world. So welcome home, friend. I hope you're ready to meet your highest, most beautiful, and rarest self. Grand day, beautiful beings. Hello, hello, hello. I hope you all are feeling beautiful and feeling grounded in this beautiful tourist season. Welcome back to another episode. I'm going to keep this intro super short. It's been the longest, shortest week, or maybe the shortest, longest week. I don't know. (laughs) My exhaustion has just been so real. And to be super honest and transparent, It's energetic exhaustion that has just morphed itself into physical exhaustion. So, yeah, that's my tea. Now, before I go any further, I want to acknowledge that George Floyd's murderer has been convicted. I am grateful, so, so, so grateful. However, I am not turning somersaults and backflips quite yet. This country and its justice system has so much work to do, so I'm going to just put a tick mark on a successful verdict and wait for our wins to start matching and outweighing theirs. So, rest in power, George Floyd. I hope this has given your soul some peace. Okay. Now, I also want to give a big old shout out to the earth. Happy Earth Day, y'all. Go hug a tree. Go for a walk in the park. Tap into your abundance. Do something luxurious for yourself. Sit in the abundance of stillness, okay? Abundance. Sit in the abundance of stillness and do me a huge, huge, huge favor. (laughs) Go and listen to my episode about earth medicine and earth energy. I've linked it in the show notes for your listening convenience. It is a super powerful and insightful episode about how to tap into earth energy, how to start seeding, cultivating, and reaping your authentic financial abundance. I would greatly appreciate it if you gave it a listen and share it with a friend because I promise you there is a key in that episode to help you unlock your greatness if, if, okay, if you are truly ready for it. All right. (laughs) Also, my course, Activate Your Soul, Activate Your Self. Maybe I should change the name. Activate Your Soul, Activate Your Self. Hmm, I thought. (laughs) My course, Activate Your Soul, Activate Your Self, launches on Monday. This is a seven-week intensive to help you tap into your mental and emotional health and wellness 
so you can create a nourishing and supportive self-care practice. Um, For me, self-care is self-love. So if you've been needing some more self-love and just trying to figure out how do I do that, where do I go, how do I start, check me out, okay? You will be learning my unique scale framework to get you on the right track alongside chakra medicine. So each week we break down a phase of my scale method and the corresponding chakra. It's really beautiful self-healing work. So if you or anyone you know is or would be interested, please, you can email me at onthecuspcollective at gmail.com. You can DM me on IG at On The Cusp Wellness. Sorry, I don't know why I'm doing that. At On The Cusp Wellness. Y'all know I'm extra. <laughs> That's why I'm doing it. <laughs> or you can jump right into it and schedule your free clarity call with me. I also have that link in the show notes. Um, and so a clarity call is basically where I help you tap into the root of your challenges and how this work This course can help you to start navigating out of your patterning and onto your authentic path and into your authentic purpose. Okay? Ashe. All right. We have a beautiful, 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 I just want you to know this episode is beautiful. Mm -hmm. We have a beautiful episode today with my gorgeous friend and CPA, Ariana Aparicio. As you all know, we are talking about financial wellness this month. April is so full of abundance, and it just felt really aligned to have this month reflect that. Ariana really has a passion for helping our people identify their financial challenges so that they learn and grow themselves into their wealth. And I really, you know, our people, black people, and I also, you know, want to acknowledge people of color, all of us, all of y'all, everybody, okay? Really just helping us to tap into our financial wealth, financial health, healing those money wounds. Y'all, money wounds are so, so, so real. And we talk about them in this episode. Um, And, you know, you're going to hear that when you take a listen so you might even resonate with a few points that ariana makes because it is real in our community black community communities of color um you know that that lack lack mentality it's real 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 okay so definitely pay attention y'all pay attention okay Um, she's helped me so much over the last few years. I've known her, so it felt really right to have her come on the show and bless us with her extensive knowledge and background of finances. She's been in the game for over 10 years, y'all. 10 years, a whole ass decade in, in plus. Okay. Cause you know, it's, it's, it it, it low key might be closer to like 13, 14 years. She's been doing this for a really long time. So like I said, I hope you all have your pen and pad ready to take notes. Class is about to start, okay? This will be a two-part episode because it's so juicy. I already knew me and Ariana. We, when we get together, we start talking about money. We start talking about spirituality. We start talking about business. We start talking about all these things. So I didn't even play myself. When I had her come into this episode, I was like, girl, you already know it's going to be part two, two parts to this thing. So this is part one. Okay. And so it ends after, you know, I say, okay, so let's just reset. 
I probably should have found a better way to end the episode, but that's how I ended it, okay? So just a forewarning, right? That's where we kind of uh, dwindle off. And, and we'll be back next week with part two. We continue on the conversation. And again, I'm, I'm just so grateful to have been able to have her come onto the show and just drop all these gems. I mean, damn, so much knowledge, so much insight. So yes, I hope y'all are ready. <laughs> I do want to make note there was a little bit of static in the interview. So many, many, many apologies. However, the interview is still bursting with practical knowledge and tips and tips to help you get yourself financially fit. Yeah. All right. So without further ado, here is my interview with Ariana Aparicio. Thank you so much for, for joining me. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. I am <laughs> absolutely. And I'm so looking forward to this conversation. Um, so, so yeah, let's just go ahead and get into it. You can just okay. go ahead and let everybody know who you are, what you do. So my name is Ariana Felicio. Um, I've been an accountant for 10 plus years. Um, started off as a bookkeeper in high school and just fell in love with the fact that, you know, um, I was one of those kids that basically didn't understand capitalism, didn't understand how money works, you know, um, growing up with two parents that basically worked day in, day out. I just wanted to know that if there was any type of like key code to the system that we weren't really like, you know, understanding or we didn't know. So I started off as a bookkeeper and gradually just went up the ranks to accounting, um, working for a, a merchant cash advance company in the city for five years and then um, working for a CPA for another five years. So it's been a long journey, but it's been a very, very productive and very insightful journey. And the best part about it is that I get to come um, and talk to my people about financial uh, uh, financial tips, any type of habits that they want to build, anything that they want to know. Um, I'm just like an open book to my people who want to have any type of insight on any type of financial, uh, you know, education. Mm, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And what even got you interested in wanting to do bookkeeping and finances and all that I was such a <laughs> I was honestly I was like one of those people who I don't know it was just how my upbringing was but I was just mm. like you know destroy the system destroy the banks and then like that's how I was when I grew up mm. and then I was just like well let me try to understand the system a little bit more so my first CPA I called him a bean counter his name was Ian M. Nelson and he'll never forget I was like I heard accounts are bean counters and he was like I'm pretty sure we do more than that and ever <laughs> since then <laughs> I just, I fell in love with it. Like, I didn't wow. think there was so much science and art to money. I didn't know that there was so much of a of a study to it. And then mm -hmm. I realized that the more you study it is the more that you're financially stable. And again, it's some, it's almost like a knowledge that's kind of taken away from us. Mm -hmm. So again, my, the, the best part of what I do is that I get to teach people who might be a little uh, financially uneducated, like how to go about saving money, making money, making a business, you know, really starting to become fruitful and prosperous of yourself. Mm, I love yeah. that. Wow. Wow. So, so for this, for our conversation, I really wanted to um, jump into, you know, everyone just got their, their stimulus checks and, and all that beautiful, all right. good and greatness. <laughs> right, um, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, tax refunds are 
coming in, whether some people have gotten yes, them or you know they're they're on the um, horizons. But mm-hmm. I just really right. wanted to get some um, some good tips and advice for 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 those people on like you know for those of us who didn't you know need to like use it for bills or whatever. They're just kind of like setting it to the side. Okay, like what do I do with this? Right? What do we do with it? Okay. You know, what are some good um, healthy ways to start like when you when you do get those lump sums of lump sums of money to to allow them to um either be invested or like what kind of savings accounts um you know because for me like I I try to make sure I use savings accounts that have like like interest bearing savings accounts so that way it's like I'm getting a little something you, you know um right, right, but absolutely. but yeah like I'd love to hear your your perspective on that I was gonna ask you, what did you do? Like, what was the first uh, inclination you had when you got the stimulus? Um, I just set mine to the side because I'm I'm about to move, so I'm like, well, this okay. is moving money, <laughs> right? Um, so it is in, a, in an interest-bearing savings account right now. Good. Okay, so yeah, um, honestly, there's two things that I always advise people when um they are getting what we call unexpected income. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always great. You know, it's almost like hitting the lottery, right? Like you open up your bank account one day and you're like, oh, wow, I have $1,800 in here. If you have kids, you have way more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two things that I would suggest doing uh, with it. And it would be either if you're on debt to start to strategize how to tackle your debt. So whether that be credit cards your mortgage, rent, utilities, um, cancel out as much debt as you can because that will always open up uh, the key word here or the key phrase here is cash flow. And you always want to have a free cash flow. So debt takes away from that. Mm. Um, so what you want to do is make sure you take away as much debt as you can. If you have no debt, start to do this thing called prepaying your expenses, meaning that you start to put credits on those bills that you know are coming up. So put a credit on your Verizon bill, put a credit on your uh, PSCNG, put a credit with your landlord. So that you don't have to worry about the next couple months of bills and all the money that comes in now now you have at least um a freedom of mind mm. to basically start to strategize and say okay i know that this check is coming in i'm in two weeks from my job i know this money's coming from this and a third you have more of a, a strategy now mm. to play around with that and then if you are in once those two steps are done if you have a little excess money then what you're doing is perfectly fine. Putting in an interest-bearing savings account is fine. Or if you're an investor, I would say going to stocks, there's plenty of apps that you can deposit like $500 into just to start to get familiar with stocks. Mm-hmm. But I always tell my people, once those two things are out the way, to basically start going into stocks and start looking at games, start studying what the stock market looks like, because that's the best way, the easiest way to start seeing more interest than in what a savings account would do for you. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely something where again, um, once you strategize it, you start to see how much more money comes to you. Mm. Because as long as you have the strategy on how to spend, you can strategize how to make more. Mm. Right. Mm. Right. Mm. And since you brought up the stocks, um, what, mm-hmm. what are some good beginner tips? for for doing that for uh investing in stocks 
Um, beginning tips would definitely be if you're not a savvy investor and you're just trying to go into the market and kind of just get a feel for it. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of apps that do it. Um, I recommend Acorns. Um, all these I personally use myself. So Acorns is a great one. I use Acorns. Uh, Moneyline is another one. Yes, right. So you know, like it's every penny it rounds up mm -hmm. and it puts it into the stock for you. Um, and it's a good way for you to not even think about it. Like you just go buy a coffee mm -hmm. and round up to three dollars. And then you don't even know how much change you're putting into the stock market. But next thing you know, it's just like a savings account. Mm. You see that you have like $500, $600 playing around in the market and going up and down with gains and losses. Um, what else? Uh, there's Stash, uh, Robinhood. Um, so there's a couple apps for beginners that um, you can get to know your brokers. You can put in like a little small down payment. I think um, most of the apps give you that uh, um, incentive. Mm -hmm. Like if they, you put down something, they'll match it up to $20 or $50 where it's not even your money. Hmm. And you get to play around with what the games and stuff look like. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. Yes, I also use Robinhood as well. Um, yeah. And I just got it last year, actually. Like that was my first time right. um, investing in any stocks. It was funny because I was working at um, this event space and Robinhood had one of their like conferences there. And that was the first time I, like I had heard of it, but I didn't really know what it was until they had their event there. And I was like, oh, okay. So fast forward to like, you know, literally in the dead center of the, of the quarantine and all that. Um, I was like, let me download this app and see what it's talking about, you know? And cause that was like when we first got our stimulus money or I think it was just like the like the extra cushion from unemployment or whatever and I was like I think I'm gonna like you know try to try this thing out try this whole stock market investing thing out so I downloaded the app and I think mm -hmm. um I had a friend that I was um who who's also in into like investment in stocks and stuff so I asked her I was like you know how much should I invest? Like, this is my first time ever doing this. I don't know anything about stocks. And she gave me really good advice. She was like, don't invest anything more than you're willing to lose. So I was like, okay. So I just kind of like- I, I, I definitely agree with that 110%. Okay. It is a gamble for sure. Yeah. It definitely is a gamble for sure. Right. So I like kind of, I was like, okay, I resonated on that. And I was like, how much, like if I were to lose X amount of dollars, like what would that number be? And so I just came up to a hundred. I was like, I'll invest a hundred and, and I'll just pick some stocks or whatever, you know, just read the little thing, see how I feel. Mm -hmm. Cause I was really like also coming at it from like an intuitive point. I was like, okay, I'm going to invest in a little bit of everything. Like I did like, um, with petroleum or whatever. And like, um, some some airlines and stuff just to kind of play around and see what would happen in the future right. so so it's, it's i've had some good results um i invested in this one stock that ended up like quadrupling in price like i i bought it at like less than seven bucks a share and it's now at like 30 something dollars so and wow, it was actually more than that but that. they've gotten into a little bit of a scandal or whatever so, so the amount dropped but nonetheless just to see yeah. it kind of like skyrocket like that from last May to I think when I finally because I had got locked out of my phone for a minute and kind of forgot about it so something was like check your app like check Robinhood go back in there and so I did and I was like wait a minute I was like I have three times more money than what I invested in here I was like what happened <laughs> absolutely absolutely stocks is a whole study of itself mm. so it's just like once you start to become I've never seen someone start doing stocks to where like they just are not up on like the latest in all corporation news, mm. especially the stocks that they're invested in. Like I can't believe Apple just got such and such. I can't believe Tesla just happened because mm. it forces you to be involved 
in the company that you invest in. Mm-hmm. If you're just, a, like you said, a conser- they call it conservative. Mm-hmm. If you're just a conservative investor, then you're really just putting money in looking more for safe stocks. So maybe you're in NASDAQ, maybe you're in S&D, maybe you're in, um, you're more in bonds. And then what ends up happening is that's more so a gradual return and it's more so cash. So like it's wherever the cash value goes um, in terms of the U.S. dollar. So, again, it really depends on how aggressive you want to be as an investor. But if you're conservative, um, that's a great piece of advice. Don't invest more than what you're willing to lose, mm-hmm. um, because at the end of the day, it is still a gamble. The, the companies could crash. But like you said, in your example, companies can also skyrocket mm-hmm. quadruple what you bought it for and then you come up on you know a, a huge gain that's an amazing game mm, yeah. if companies go quadruple up in growth yes absolutely cool cool so yeah i i'll keep playing around with that i haven't really invested in in any other stocks <clears throat> excuse me so mm-hmm. um i've just been kind of letting it ride see what it would do see what see what it would do um but i probably will tap back into that just you know just to keep experimenting and whatnot and Hopefully, you know, eventually I'd, I would like to become more, um, what's the word, in, educated, you know, in certain yeah, stocks right, and, right. And, and all of that. So, so yeah, thank you for that tip. Um, so I, I'm also curious, you know, given the, the state of everything, the economy, oh, let me rephrase that, given the state of the economy, right, right now with 2020, yeah. even now into 2021, um the bounce back right <laughs> the bounce back right and it's like you you hear these stories of some people who are like I've never made more money than I've ever you know as this, this much money that throughout 2020 like my business has doubled and grown so much da, 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 da. and then you you know you also hear the story where a lot of people lost a lot of money and lost a lot of business so my question is you know how do you thrive in a state like this what what, what we just kind of came out out of and even now like in 2021 we're still not completely out of the woodworks yet but people are still growing their business people are starting businesses people are still making a profit you know so it's like what it was how do you navigate that if there's anything um that i saw was a factor um a contributing factor to success for the businesses that made it um to unfortunately the business that did it was adaptability Mm. Um, 2020 was a year of adaptability. If you could not uh, move your business to where you can do virtual business and just um, some businesses had to get really creative. A lot of industry had to get really creative, but um, perfect example would be um, fitness, mm-hmm. right? Because everyone goes to the gym, everyone goes out, Corona locks everyone in doors. So a lot of fitness trainers went online and started doing classes online. But there's a lot of fitness trainers that lost their income because they didn't know the means and maybe they didn't feel comfortable in front of a camera. Or maybe they just didn't like being, uh, recording themselves and knowing how to do the online classes. Um, adaptability was the major, I think a major contributor to companies that succeeded past Corona versus companies that didn't. Mm. Um, if you did not know how to go virtual, you basically sunk um, because the government shut everybody down. So. Um, what would end up happening in that situation in terms of making it, I think what it should have taught everyone is that you should have different ways of doing your industry. So don't just rely on, you know, if people can come out to you, like if you have a store, for example, a storefront, Mm -hmm. 
people come to you, right? That's fine. But now you're forced to think, what if your customer can't make it to you? Mm -hmm. Is there any way that you can partner with a delivery service? Is there any way that you can hire maybe some kids from the community to where they can ride their bike and deliver your goods to the people that buy from your community? Mm. Um, There's just a couple things to where it forced people to kind of think outside the box and it pushed the creative edge. And that's what I um, implore people do. Don't put yourself in a box, always think of new ways to innovate your business, innovate how you sell your product, innovate how you uh, service people, because the we don't really control where we live. Mm. Most of the time, we're, we're living inside of a system where it's um, routine. But when the routine kind of gets taken off course, then everyone's kind of shaken. Mm-hmm. And it's the people who could basically balance and, and find themselves unmovable and be able to say, oh, okay, you're trying to shake me up, but I got you, mm. right? Like, I know how to handle this. Those are people who end up being on top. Wow. And we can't talk big companies like Walmart, anything like that, because unfortunately, those are the competitors against small businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, small business took a hit the most because we couldn't get more than 10 people into a small coffee shop, right? Like when you were talking about getting your coffee mm-hmm. earlier, it's like those people couldn't get more than five customers a day, 10 customers a day. But bigger companies that were allowed to be open, like Walmart and stuff, you just have lines around the corner mm-hmm. and people will wait to get in to buy their products. So a lot of small businesses lost business like that because the foot traffic wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So you shut down, you go virtual, and then now you're forced to think, how do I get my products and my services out to the customers who are loyal to me that didn't abandon me for, you know, for Target or for Walmart or for the virtual account or for the virtual lawyer, like they stayed to me, mm-hmm. they say both to me. Wow. Right. Whew, so, definitely something to think about. Yeah, adaptability. Yes, adaptability. It definitely, it definitely did do a lot of things. Corona did a lot of things, but I did see a lot of people come out stronger mm-hmm. because it pushed that creative side of their thinking. And business is art and science put together. Mm-hmm. It's not just science. People think it's just money. It's just no knowing your industry. No, it's very creative. Mm-hmm. Owning a business and surviving financially is a very creative process. Mm, wow. I'm so oh. glad you said that because I feel like, you know, especially me being coming from that creative background, um, it's like you, you, you always, you always get the, I guess the rhetoric or whatever that, you know, creatives are like the worst at running a business <laughs> because we're so oh, focused no, on like the creativity no. and like, you know, all of that stuff like that. So it's interesting to hear, to hear you say people that. people I've ever met are in marketing and, and you guys are the strategists business strategy is a major part of any type mm-hmm. of development in business. So it's like the most creative people you see are running PR, they're mm-hmm. running marketing, they're running business strategy. They're like, okay, how do we expand? You have to have the creative people behind you to be like, how do we expand the business? How do we change from being put in, in brick and mortar to being virtual? Now this whole generation Z or whatever they call them now, mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole generation of just the online people, TikTok and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. Coming out, that's a whole nother influx of income. How do you reach out to them? Mm. Do we start TikTok pages? Do we start Facebook pages? Do we start MySpace? We, oh, girl, that's how old we are. <laughs> MySpace. <laughs> no one uses MySpace anymore, but you know what I mean. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. It's so funny. Social you say media, that. you know. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so funny you say that because I'm. I said one for the record. No one wants to know I said my. No, no, because I'm, I'm about to make a point. <laughs> not at all. No, we're not going to scratch for the record. It's, it's, it's funny you say that because um, I'm actually binge watching Girlfriends and like. It's funny. It's funny to like go back and watch shows like that when I was like, you know, that show came out between I was between middle school and like high school, right? So, 
Oh yeah, I'm girl. at the phase where this, MySpace is like a thing now. And I was like, yo, MySpace is on here? Like, wow, they're talking about MySpace? Wow. Like When you used to have your custom pages <laughs> and stuff, I'm just like, when, when your pages have a theme, oh girl. Yeah. We were so, we thought we were so cool. Oh, yeah. It was like, yeah, but come check out my page with Brandy Payne in the back. Girl, like. I can't. Yeah. But it, look at how it blew up though. Mm-hmm. They really were, but look at how it blew up. Now you have whole businesses that are just social media, mm-hmm. yeah. that are just promotion, just marketing, online marketing. Yeah. So it definitely pushed that angle for a lot of businesses. Yeah, definitely. So um, unfortunately, a lot of the mom and pops that closed down, they were older generations. Mm-hmm. Usually, um, at least in my experience, there were a lot of older people who just couldn't adapt to it. And then the younger people that I met, they were more so didn't want to change the way that they uh, approached it. So it's just, again, always keep an open mind to everything you're doing consistently. It might not always be that way. So always have a plan B, C, and D just in case. Mm. Always have your just in case plan. Mm. Mm. Wow. Hmm. Plan B, you said B, C, D, and E. It's like, okay, so how do you, how do you come up with those plans without allowing them to overwhelm you, you know? Well, usually, um, I would say do it in free time. If there's two things I notice always make successful businesses is two things, capital, like assessing your capital and business planning. Mm. That will make a successful business versus a failure of business all the time, which is why even if you go for a loan, you go for any type of uh, investment outside yourself, mm-hmm. people always ask what your projections look like, what does your business plan look like? Because that is the model that you're supposed to stay faithful to in order to meet profit, in order to meet financial stability of your company and of yourself at the end of the day at the end of the day you are your company Mm -hmm. right so when it comes down to it um what ends up happening is that a lot of people I think underestimate or undervalue how much a business plan means Mm -hmm. to the success of a company and what usually happens is that if you're sitting down at a drawing board your plan b c and d comes there Mm. it's like okay so um we're gonna get income from this I don't know, let's just say group A. Mm-hmm. And if group A doesn't make up to $20,000 by year two, then we're going to do this, that, and the third. Mm. Usually your plan B come with the initial drafting of a business plan, for sure. Wow. And people usually say like their business plans in their head and stuff, but I always say too, because I'm a big girl, let me show you. <laughs> always have your notebook, mm-hmm. always have a pen, always write down your ideas because that is the start of your business planning. That mm. is the start of of even if you have a business plan, business plans get revised all the time. Those are your revisions too. Mm. Like, oh, wow, like year two didn't go the way that I planned. Let me see if one of these ideas I wrote down might help in year three. Wow. See? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah, that's really good. Um, that's great advice. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm always doing that anyways. Just, you know, I have like my notes app full of all kind of stuff. But I, I, I guess, you know, we... And maybe this is me speaking for myself, but we get so conditioned into thinking like, oh, a business plan is like this formal document. It's this like presentation spreadsheet, you know, with in, in the little folder and, you know, da, 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 da. So like, I don't, when you right. say business plan, I'm thinking like a formal document. Like I'm not even thinking that, you know, jo- like you said, just jotting it down some ideas and, you know, obviously then eventually coming together and organizing it, but, but it doesn't right. have to be like this you know, 
Yeah, it doesn't have to start off formal. Mm -hmm. All business, when you think about all businesses start off in your head, it's Mm -hmm. just an idea. Mm -hmm. So it never has to be formal until you're actually starting to get formal. Like it's like, oh, okay. So like now this started to become some, now there's some fruit to Mm -hmm. it. Now this thing that was in my mind started becoming physical. So now how do I organize it? Mm -hmm. And as you, and you see it almost manifest, the more physical your business ideas get, is the more you want to have physical documentation that you're tracking what's happening. Mm -hmm. You'll absolutely see that like basically unfold in front of you. Wow. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. That's good. That's great. Um, And just to, so I would say, don't worry about it. Like don't people over, how do you say overcomplicate the problem? Mm -hmm. Don't overcomplicate it. Always have fun in everything that you do. That's one of my mantras. Always have fun. (laughs) Always have fun. (laughs) You don't even know what you just said. That is like my lesson for life. Like Mm-hmm. Things start out fun and then, you know, I, I want them to be great. I want them to be successful. And then they become not so fun because I put so much pressure onto them. Cause like, I just wanted to be perfect. Right. <laughs> I just wanted yeah, to be, no, I wanted to be perfect. Is there. Huh? The perfection mentality. Yeah. They mean you got that for sure. I know that. Yeah. And I wanted to be successful. It's like, I think for me personally, like when I'm approaching things, it's just like, and I'm working on that, but I'm really trying to um, just have fun and just and to be able to just create, but 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 yeah, it's just like I want it to be successful. I want it to be you know all the things, and so and, and actually actually had this conversation with um, another guest recently, the CEO of Munet Naturals. She was just on a couple of weeks ago, Tyson Nicole, and she was saying she you know, like she's had to learn to plan for success. Um, but at the same time, also accepting the fact that if her plans don't come out the way that she envisioned it or the way that she planned that it's not a failure. So even tapping back into what you were saying earlier about that adaptability, that's something I've really been having to ground into, like adapting my vision. Um, like if the first go around, second go around, doesn't come out the way I, I expected or the way I want it to, um, just being okay with that and, and, and not allowing it to deter me, but Mm -hmm. to, to, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to allow it to inspire me, right. To, to get more creative, to still tap into that creativity. Okay. So how can we do it differently? What can we change? Like, like, you know, I, sometimes I kind of get fixated on the, well, it didn't do this and it didn't do that. And so I completely overlooked the fact that, well, it did do this and it did do that, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think, that balance um, in in the being able to adapt, like you were saying, is is so important. I'm really trying to be more cognizant of that, you know. Right, and some of the greatest minds that we know. Um, this is a quote from National Treasure. I'm probably gonna butcher <laughs> it, but Thomas Edison was the inventor of the light bulb, mm-hmm. or that's who they give credit to. And um, he was saying, I think he failed a hundred times or something mm. like that. But when they asked him, you know, like uh, he failed a hundred times before he made the first successful one. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I didn't fail a hundred times. I found out a hundred ways on how not to make a light bulb. Mm. And it goes into one of the mantras I strongly believe in. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm. You really start to see how people in business is almost like your business is you. Like your failures and your successes, both of them represent and 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 um tell the story of who you are. Mm. And what ends up happening is that you have to take failures just as well as success. Mm. And what ends up happening is that we're only taught to take success like yeah, woo. But when we see failures, we go even more negative than what it's supposed to. Yeah. Teach us like failures are a lesson. 
So it's just like what you were saying, um, your guest was saying that failures in companies, like it's, it's inevitable. There's going to be certain things where it's just like, you know what, you planned it out. And as much as you planned it out, it might not have been that way. That's fine. Are you going to let it destroy you? Or are you just going to take it as a lesson? Mm. And if you take it as a lesson and bounce back, you'll bounce back stronger and better than what you were before it. Mm. And you'll get that from, you'll get that from greater CEOs for me. I, I love uh, Dan Pena. I love uh, uh, Elon Musk. I like to read their business models. We're not talking personal here, but just on business. Mm. If you really want to be successful in business, you got to look at the people who do it better than you. Mm. So even if you look at Jeff Bezos, we're not talking personally, just business-wise. Jeff Bezos, the guy who made uh, Uber, the guy who made Lyft. Like you're looking at all these corporations and you're just like, yo, they start off regular people. Bill Gates, a regular person. He was just like, okay, how can I make more for my family? How can I do this? How can I do that? Mm And what ends up happening is that they had many failures. When you read their books, when you read their biographies, you're really looking like, wow, like he kind of sounds like me. You know, uh, what's his name? Robert Kiyosaki, uh, Rich Dad, Poor mm-hmm. Dad. His, yeah, his story sounds a lot like, wow, he didn't start off, you know, the rich guy that we always think everyone mm-hmm. is, like when they were little. It's like, no, I came up. I met failures and I met successes, but it was my failures that defined my success. Mm. And how I came back to my failures that defined my success. So I would always tell people not to give up your plan A, B, C, and D, the reason why they're so important is because if one of them fails, you have backup. Mm. So that way it lightens the weight of what a failure would be. If you have one plan, that failure is going to hit you hard, mm. right? Because you only had one. But if you have multiple eggs in the basket and one breaks, it's okay, you have five. Mm. You only need three to make an omelet. So you have another three to wait before you're, you're starting to go like, okay, maybe I should start doing a little bit more delicate dance there. But yeah, yeah. definitely give yourself as much chances to have fun and explore and be creative and just love the thing that you're doing Mm, mm. absolutely absolutely Mm, I love that yeah that's that yeah that one that one was for me I said I took that I received that (laughs) I see you I see you downloading you know me you always go back and forth like the "Mm, no mm." I know yeah Yeah. you just spoke to me um that's what I tend to do it's like I have this one great idea and then I and then I put all of my effort and energy into that one thing so then like you just said when it doesn't blow up and go off and 100 percent, you know all that then I'm like well damn now what do I do in the cellar (laughs) sometimes it's wine Mm -hmm. remember sometimes it's wine Mm -hmm. just because it failed right now doesn't mean 20 years later when you don't revisit maybe the most high give you something where it's just like I didn't think about this 20 years ago. Let me just put this in there. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's not you. Maybe it's your kid. I've, I've heard also very um, many success stories of uh, it wouldn't be the parent. The parent would have the idea. The child would come and be like, well, Ma, you ever thought about this? Mm-hmm. Or Ma, like, let me let me take that idea. And let me kind of revamp it a little bit. And then they end up making the family successful off that idea. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the idea is just meant to be there. But the plan, or if we believe in higher power, the plan is always the plan. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes an idea is just meant to be an idea. Don't stress yourself about it. Everything comes in its own time. So if you have an idea and it's just like, well, it didn't blow up the way I wanted to, maybe it's not seasoned right now. Mm. Just put it in the cellar, let it age like wine. And then when you're 20, 30 years later, maybe you revisit it. Mm. Maybe it's five months. You just be like, let me take a sip of this and see mm-hmm. if I'm if it's aged right. You know what I mean? So yeah. Wow. But always, it's just, that's the part, I guess, when I tell people that's the part that they really appreciate where it kind of makes it fun for them mm-hmm. again. It's like, always have fun in what you do. Yeah. I feel like that's like the medicine of life. Like, always have fun, mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, because yesterday, you know, we talked a bit, a bit yesterday, but I was just like in this weird kind of funk of an energy. And um, it's funny, because so before, 
it took me a second. I was supposed to record a podcast episode. It took me a second to just like, I just couldn't get into it. And um, so I was like, I'm, I'm going to record this episode. It's going to be, I don't know what time it's going to be, but I'm going to sit down and do this. Even if it comes out a day late, it's fine. Whatever is, this is going to happen. And so I gave myself the space and I was like, let me go pull some cards. I pulled some, like a few tarot cards that just have have this new deck that I bought a couple months ago. So I'm just like kind of, you know, learning it or whatever. And so the first two cards that I pulled um, were in reverse. And so when I was looking up just like the more traditional meaning of like, you know, what these cards mean in reverse, when I tell you it was like spot on, it really, it really just further explained why I was kind of being um, unmotivated or uninspired, you know, and it was, and it was just that, that fear it came down to just fear or like really being hard on myself for it not, you know, for me not having the energy to do this thing or me not feeling up to it or whatever, um, so the first two cards were in reverse. Um, and then the, but the third car, I was like, okay. So I just kind of sat with that. I was like, wow, this is literally telling me exactly like how I'm feeling right now. So I was like, all right. So like, what do I do with this? So I pulled the third card and it was the fool, but it was facing me. So, and what that was saying was basically literally what you're talking about right now is just like, just starting it. And, and, and one of the things that, that hit me with the meaning of that card is like, um, better to start foolishly than to not start at all and I was like damn that's real you know like better to just start and get the ball rolling and just learn as you go than to just be stuck in in hating yourself or upset with yourself because yeah and not knowing yeah that's probably the worst feeling that you never know Mm -hmm. right it's like if you start it at least there's something there like we said like before like making the the uh metaphysical physical Mm -hmm. right making a thought reality but if it just stays a thought, how do you ever know if it was successful or not? Mm. It stayed here, you know? Yeah. And then what's really crazy is that if we really believe in energies and stuff like that, I cannot tell you how many times I sat with my mom and my dad and they think of a brilliant idea. And maybe a couple months later, because there's frequencies and there's energy, mm-hmm. a couple months later, they see their idea on TV. Mm. And what do they always say? That person stole my mm-hmm. idea. It's like, no, that person moved on mm-hmm. to your idea. Mm-hmm. You just didn't move. So that's the difference. It's like, if you have an idea, you best believe someone else has the same idea. Yeah. The difference between the two of you is that one will move and one won't. Mm. And that's the difference. You all, like you said, the full card is so true. You rather start something that's not at all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that hit me. I was like, and I'm glad that that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, cause, like, cause again, listen, put that note, girl. Put I know. That post-it note on the wall. I know. I know. Because <laughs> it really hit me so yeah. hard, and I was like, and, and it, it really it lightened me up so much. Because you know, it's 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 the whole the whole archetype with the fool is just like. I don't really care how this comes out. I'm just going to start. I'm just going to have fun. I'm just going to see what happens. You know, it's just like just kind of going into it with that light energy. And I was but just the like, last day to the wall, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's the balance of that it's like you have to have that fun and free thought and maybe I know you are one of the most creative people I know like it's literally like it's almost like your brain can't contain all the imagination hey, that you girl. have and that's the whole listen listen I told you I know your sign girl like I have like four close people to me that are Aquariuses y'all creativity no has no bounds at all so again the last day school thing is great and then you meet people who can help you make that idea physical mm-hmm. or give it more organization or give it more strategy mm-hmm. to where now you're starting to see the fruit of it going like oh yeah you know I have an idea of making a wellness podcast and stuff mm-hmm. it's like okay great 
Do you know the technologies? Do you know the platforms? Do you know this, that, and the third? So the imagination is there and then you have the technical stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's the perfect balance of it is that you can be the la da 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 and you have to have the person who's just like this. Well, I don't have my glasses with me, who but like <laughs> right mm-hmm. crunching the numbers <laughs> yeah, <but>, yeah or, <laughs> or typing or doing whatever because mm-hmm. it's like you have the thoughts and I have the technical mm-hmm. stuff right mm-hmm. yeah absolutely that's so real that's so yeah real. but yeah girl but always start have fun have your notebook listen to the phone have your notebook next to you with a pen always like old school it mm-hmm. sometimes the computer's not the wave like sometimes you write in bed your computer's far away from you mm-hmm. don't let that dream or that vision go wake up and put that on a note somewhere mm-hmm. and then go back to sleep mm-hmm. that's so real. you never know that's so real mm-hmm. what are what do you feel are some of the other common mistakes people make when trying to build wealth um one of the biggest things that um I'll attribute to our people because um, this is me talking. Um, I think every uh, I think every race has their testament mm-hmm. to it, but um, I'm gonna talk particularly about us. Mm-hmm. So because we grew up lacking a lot, um, our people put too much stock in material, mm-hmm. and we live among our, we live um, how you say more than our means mm-hmm. or above our mm-hmm. means a lot. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen people where I look at their income, I look at their expenses, and then I'd be like, yo, you've been in the red for three years, Mm. four years. And they don't have any other plan to get any other income anywhere else. They're hoping on a raise. Like now now you're praying for it, right? You're praying on a raise. You're praying for stimulus. You're praying for refunds. And it's just like, wait, but why are you living in a house you can't afford? Why are you living in, like, who are you trying to impress? Who are you trying, like, is it you? Are you trying to, like, get some type of, you know, self-confidence mm-hmm. from the, the materials that you can buy. And unfortunately, it's a uh, toxic culture of us because we see the TVs, we see the music videos, we see the movies, we see the, you know, the platforms where people just show off a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, we want all that, but it's like, yeah, but in time, mm-hmm. you are going to sabotage yourself and your family if you don't plan ahead of time. Living upon, living above your means is probably the biggest mistake I see people do. Mm. You shouldn't live, if you're very, very careful with money, I would say maybe 75% to 25%. You can have your expenses be 75% of your income. If you're not good at saving, you shouldn't be above 50%. And that's just a rule of thumb that a lot of accountants and and people in financial uh, uh, positions, period, always advise, which is why your credit limit, if people know that figure, you're not supposed to spend over 30% of approved credit right? Because then your score starts to go down. What the creditors see is that you're desperate for money. Mm. Because usually people have credit just to say, oh, I have access to money if I need mm. it. But every, no, everyone knows credit's a liability. You owe, that's not your money. You owe that money back. So it's just supposed to show people the world that you're responsible with wealth. If you live above your means, that's the first indicator that people see that you're not responsible. Wow. Because that means that you're living check to check. You're living penny to penny. That is a horrible way for anyone to live. And I'm not surprised when people really break down to me. But they're just like, well, Anna, what can I do? Like, what can I save down on? What can I do? I have kids now. I have this, that, and a third. I'm like, you have to, especially if you have kids, you have to teach them that the material is not everything. You have to teach them that you work hard for what you have. And when you are succeeding in life, you reward yourself. Mm. But don't give yourself a reward before the hard work is in. Mm. You know what I mean? And and that's just the biggest mistake of it is that people do so well saving and then blow it all on a vacation. And it's just like, but then have rent next month. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but why was that like a thing? Like you couldn't save it. Like the vacation was so important 
that you couldn't wait maybe three or four months? You couldn't wait till next year? Like, what is it that really pushed you to this? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, like I said, in our people, it's just the stress of living day to day. It's where we grew up. It's just the culture. Mm -hmm. We have like that culture of us trying to basically show out for the Joneses. Mm -hmm. But if I can, if I can instill anything in anyone, it would be to humble yourself. There is no one looking at the car you're driving. There is no one looking at the clothes that you got on your back. And if you if you want don't want to take my word for it, Steve Jobs wore the same outfit when he was rich. Bill Gates had the same car until he broke his first ten million, I believe. He was on sixty minutes talking to the guy. He had the same Honda Civic when he was a millionaire. And a Honda Civic is maybe like twenty five hundred uh, twenty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And and these people were millionaires at the time, and they did not waste money. They didn't do it. They didn't care if people saw them in a Honda Civic or 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 a Lamborghini. It didn't make any difference to them because they knew what the bigger image was. It was generational wealth, mm. not just individual wealth. So that's the biggest mistake that I see for sure. And that's that's unfortunately, like I said, more like a culture change. Mm-hmm. But if people, if our people could humble ourselves enough to just realize that the material leaves, the material is just material. The, your material is not going to pass down to your kids. If it does, it's going to depreciate in value. So you paid for the Lamborghini X amount of money. Your your kid gets it. He only sells it for twenty grand. Like mm. you, you know what I mean? Like it's just those things again. Like you have to really humble yourself and say, Do I need this? And if I do need it, ask ask yourself why. Why do you need a bigger house? Why do you need to pay more rent with the building with the pool in it? I guess. Are you even going to use the pool? Mm. Are you even going to use the workout room? Like, just ask yourself those in- important questions and get down to the core of what it really is that you're trying to do. If you're trying to impress people, you're always going to be broke. Mm. Always going to be broke. Wow. So, yeah, but but there's hope in it, too, because I do see a lot of people who, again, Corona did this. It forced people to assess their situation and be able to go, like, do I really need the house? Do I really need the apartment can I downsize it's just me by myself it's just me and my boyfriend it's just me and my mom like maybe we can downsize build some wealth and we can finally get the family house Mm. we can finally move we can finally do this that and the third right so it really forced people to assess their situations and I'm really proud of um where our people are going in terms of humbling themselves and starting to get financially educated and going like okay let me have a budget let me have a plan let me stick to that 50 50 rule Mm -hmm. And be like, if I'm making $4,000 a month, my rent and my utility and my bill shouldn't be more than two. Mm, okay. Save the other two. Wow. See? I'm just thinking, I'm like, yo, I would, I would, you know, it's so funny. Like you always say, oh man, I wish I had X amount of money in my savings account. Right. But it's like, just think, reflecting on my own experience and situation. Like I could, I could have been doing that. I could have been saving up and, and, and working towards that, whatever that number is, right? That would make me feel good when I go into my bank account and I see this number's in my savings account, right? But it, it really goes back to what you were just saying, trying to keep up with the Joneses and coming from lack. It was just like, I'll, I just had this impending feeling like, yo, but I have never been able to buy this and I've never been able to buy that. So now I like, I want that, I want that, I want that, they I want that. They feed on it, they feed on it, yeah. they do. Yeah. Wow. You'd be surprised how many companies we are the biggest customer, but we are in poverty. Mm-hmm. We are the, we are the, and this is, um, this is Dr. Umar and Dr. Claude Anderson's words, not mine, but you can see their studies. They study how black economics really work in detail. Mm-hmm. We are one of the biggest, uh, work, like working supply. Like we make so much money as a race. And we, they said the, the black dollar stays in our communities for like six hours. Mm. 
we're quick to give it away, but we're one of the, the, the um, I want to have this, uh, the right phrase here, mass earners or growth, uh, domestic product, like we, we get so much money mm. and we just give it away to the nearest seller. We just give it away. Wow. And like you said, it comes from that lack of things. And that's why I said it really comes to like a culture and like a, just an education of uh, a re-education of our people towards like, you don't have to show out. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be so much better to take an indefinite vacation if you can save every dollar to when you're 35? 35 is not that long, Mm-mm. you know, and it's really our generation that I'm talking about more so because I don't like to put our stress on the older generations like they did their fight, mm-hmm. they did their work. If anything, our generation kind of has two generations of fight, which isn't fair to us, but it's the, it's the cause we were dealt. Mm-hmm. We can't do anything else with it. So it's like, hey, listen, you want to take care of your mom. If you have three generations, you want to take care of your grandparents too. That's fine. Save yourself the vacation, save yourself that stuff, and then think of or envision or put out in the universe, like, I would like to take my whole family on vacation. Mm-hmm. I would like to take my whole family and invest in their businesses. I don't want them to go to a bank. I want them to come to me mm-hmm. with a business plan, a proposal, and be able to invest in them like that. Mm-hmm. And that's how we start to basically bounce back from that. We start to bounce back from that. Mm-hmm. You know, something just kind of came to me when you were saying that, um, you know, really having to build up that resiliency I'm, I'm gonna call it financial resiliency and not oh I love it I love it let's put that on a shirt let's put it on a shirt financial yeah, resiliency it. so so we're not so like you all caught that coat and you just like oh yeah right <laughs> You're like, yeah I want it yeah but, but, but something triggered me when you said that oh, I was man. like if 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 we were working jobs and fulfilling our purpose and tapping into the things that make us happy and pursuing those things then we would be more adept. Is that the right word? Adept to to hold out. I feel like and to build up that financial resiliency. So we're not like because a lot of it comes down to like we were talking about yesterday, numbing, numbing ourselves from living unhappy lives and numbing ourselves from not feeling fulfilled. Oh no. yeah, girl, that pressure. When we were talking about the statue with the woman yeah. the world on her back. That's our statue. Cause we can, we can hold the whole world, but it's like, do you have to, mm. you know, you can, but should you be? No, just cause you can, doesn't mean that you should. Mm. Right. <laughs> right. So we know that we know we, we out here doing mad stuff, mm-hmm. you know, us black queens all day. Like we be freaking out here. People wouldn't believe the situation we find ourselves in. And we're just like, yeah, we got it. We got it. But yeah, but should you be holding all that burden? How much of that burden is self-burden wow absolutely that's real how much of that burden is Mm, self-burden does that put financial resilience on the shirt and put self-burden how much of that burden is self-burden on the shirt let's look look we might make our own t-shirt listen i'm ready i've already started (laughs) jotting down some ideas i I already got a little folder in my in my notes at merch Okay. <laughs> be like, uh, yeah, merchandising on the cusp wellness. Mm-hmm. Know your self worth yep. and no self burden. Yep. yep. With a little trademark sign on the side. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow. Um, I feel like I feel like we can end that part of the discussion there. I feel like that that felt really good. Wow. That's a mm-hmm. lot to. Mm, mm-hmm taken yeah. right but I'm really really happy whenever my people really come into the first step is just asking the question mm-hmm. you know 
and just being aware of that. Like once you're aware of your flaws, that's a step towards fixing them. Mm. And if you can ask about your flaws, then you're humble enough, right? So that means that the change is the easy part because at least you're humble enough to know that something's wrong Mm -hmm. or something's not clicking or something like that. Mm -hmm. So now you're just like, okay, so implementing something new shouldn't be that hard, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. it always makes me happy when that stuff is there. But hopefully people will get something from it. And, you know, and again, there's, you know, so many strategies. There's the savings and not looking at your bank account or like, you know, like there's little tips and tricks and stuff like that. And obviously it's, you want to know or any of the listeners want to know like you know like little like intricate tips and tricks mm-hmm. i have like a hundred of them mm. which is like oh yeah like some people take the, like their money and put it in that envelope and stick it in the drawer type of mm-hmm. thing like there's so many ways mm-hmm. to just like you know hide money all over your house make it make it like a treasure hunt mm. you know what i mean like when you open up the, the dinner drawer mm-hmm. you're like yo i forgot i had two hundred dollars in here like do that <laughs> really it's so many ways mm. it really is okay okay All right, so let's Mm -hmm. reset. That was good. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe and leave a rating or a review. Now, don't forget, I'm picking the best review at the end of the month and giving that person a free 30-minute energy reading. So be sure to leave a review for the chance to be selected.